0: Hey everyone, welcome back to episode six of Attitude Check, the business leadership podcast. Today we have Annie Sneed, and Annie is truly a unique individual. She has an incredible background in being a news reporter and journalist and anchor, and she transitioned into a job in the nonprofit world with Pikes Peak United Way. She has been involved with her community and was nominated for the Rising Star Award with the Colorado Springs Business Journal, which really is just a testament to how much she is working to drive this community forward and is truly a
1: leader within the community. And I had such a great time talking to Annie because it's not every day that you can talk with someone who was in the public eye to that extent. And most people don't realize the amount of detail and hard work that has to go into broadcast journalism. And the different trials and tribulations they have to face to be on top of their game all the time, especially when you have not only the public looking at you, but all of the people within your profession looking at you as well. We truly have never had a guest like Annie on this
0: podcast, and she dropped so many value bombs specifically for young women looking to be leaders within their community. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode of Attitude Check, the Business Leadership Podcast with Annie Sneed. Endeavor to challenge yourself every single day, engage with your community, effect change, and
1: produce impact. I'm John Mark Ratspinner. And I'm Brent Sabati. And this is the Attitude Check Business Leadership Podcast. We have the conversations that young professionals should be having, but aren't. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Attitude Check, the business
0: leadership podcast today. We're so excited to have Annie Sneed. Annie is an awesome individual. She's involved and active in her community. She currently works at Pikes Peak United Way for Southern Colorado, but we're just excited to have her on this episode. So Annie, tell us a little bit about yourself and just as an icebreaker, tell us something that people don't usually know about you.
2: Well, first, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Like you said, I'm Annie Snead. I work for Pikes Peak United Way. I've been there for about three years. I am their director of marketing and public relations. We focus on youth success and family stability. So it is a very rewarding job. I'm honored to get to work there. We have a great team. And something that a lot of folks don't know about me, uh, my close friends know is that I hate to drive, terrified. I once got pulled over for driving too slow. Um, He said, what are you doing, ma'am? So, yeah, and I think uh, you guys were kind enough to reschedule the session because of last week it was snowing and I was a little scared to go out in that as well. (laughs) Thank you again. (laughs) Yeah, of course.
0: Just diving right in. um, Tell us a little about your story, how you got to where you're at both personally and professionally you haven't always been in Colorado Springs. You've kind of been in different places in the country. So just take us through that story.
2: That's right. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised. And I originally set out to be in broadcast news like a lot of young girls. I think I kind of wanted to be Katie Couric when I grew up or some sort of big time morning show anchor. And that was the big dream anyways. So went to school, had the opportunity to have some awesome internships in Atlanta at CNN, HLN, and then the ABC affiliate there. Uh, And so got to learn from a lot of top journalists in the country and thought that's what I wanted to do. Started out in Augusta, Georgia at the NBC affiliate there, and then made my way out to Colorado Springs and was a reporter anchor here for about three and a half years. And I just started to realize that it was not for me. And that was really hard to come to terms with something that you had worked so hard to achieve. I didn't like it. And so it took me a long time to divert from the plan. I'm a big planner. So I had my 5, 10, 15 year, my whole life mapped out. (laughs) It was very naive. And uh, so I didn't know what I was going to do. So just kept working hard where I was at. Thankfully, thanks to a mentor at the station I was at, Actually, she pointed out to my current boss, hey, she's maybe looking to get out of TV. Do you have anything for her? She's great. Um, these are her words, not mine. Um, and, so, <laughs> and so thankfully, Cindy Aubrey, the CEO of Pike Speak United Way now hired me at the time she was in my position. And so I was hired on as the marketing manager, basically just to come and tell stories. I'm big into video storytelling. And then Cindy became CEO and I moved into her position. And it's just been a huge blessing. I mean, I get to tell stories stories about helping people and about generous donors, about volunteers. So it's incredibly rewarding. I still get to use those storytelling skills, but in a way that is better suited for my personality. Yeah.
1: So Annie, just diving a little bit deeper into how you got started in the kind of news and journalism industry, I guess just tell the listeners a little bit more about what that process is like. Growing up, everyone sees the news anchor on TV and they're a public figure, really vibrant. And (laughs) I feel like a lot of people don't really know how that industry really works or how to get your feet wet in there?
2: Right. Uh, That's a great question. I obviously majored in communications and journalism and really internships are your main way to get in the door because in television news, especially, you have to have what... They call a reel. So instead of your standard resume cover letter like you would have for other jobs, you have to have a videotape of you, uh, quote unquote, live from the scene, you telling stories, interviewing people uh, to get so they can see what you would be like on actual TV, because really... You start out in a very small town most of the time, and you are a 22-year-old thrown on TV. I mean, you think about—I mean, I still think about my first live shot and how nervous I was, and it's just—it's local TV. But the other hard part about it is that there's this uh, perception from the public that you're just walking in and reading and getting your hair and makeup done and really— you're out there, you're coming up with a story, you're shooting it, you're writing it, you're editing it, and then you're presenting it on TV. And then don't forget about all of the web stuff that you have to do afterwards. So it's a real big daily grind. And a lot of my mentors, it's funny, when I was going through my internships, they all say the same thing. Are you sure you want to do this? You're going to be miserable. It's awful. You're not going to get paid a lot. And then all of us at naive, you know, young college students, we still go through it. Have to learn that way. And some people love it. It just, it wasn't for me. You have to, re- it's, it's, it's a hard job to do. And it's an important one. I loved it for a while and thought I was really going to make a difference. And, um, it just didn't end up being my cup of tea and that's okay.
0: Yeah. And that is okay. How did you come to grips with the fact that you were going to have to change paths? Cause like you said, it took you a while. It's like moving, like turning a train it took a while for you to get out of that. So when did that process start? And like, how long did it actually take?
2: I think you can only wake up and not want to get out of bed and go to work so many days in a row before you start to finally realize, I've got to do something different. I've got to make a change. And so I started searching on my own and uh, had applied for a job and didn't get it. was disappointed about that. Like I said, then thanks to a mentor- I mean, the job I have now is because of a mentor that I had at the station, but uh, it was a lot of prayer, a lot of wine, and uh, finally (laughs) coming to terms with, okay, you know, you got to keep going and pushing forward where you're at. But for me, I just, wherever I'm at, I'm constantly asking God, okay, I think this is the direction that you want me to be moving in, but please, Lord, if it's not then pull me out and so in this instance he did and it's not it was not in the timing i thought it was going to be but his timing rarely is in the timing that you want it to be in this case me so uh, but it turned out to be an amazing blessing in more ways than just work
0: i love it and coming to grips with that is difficult especially like you said you've worked towards this for so long literally since you were 18 and you were, what, six, seven years into it?
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. So. You feel, in some ways, like a failure. That's hard, too, to know, okay, I failed at this. But as soon as I got out, it was clear, okay, this is that was not what I was meant to be doing. It led me to what I'm meant to be doing right now. But yeah, it took a long time to get to that point.
1: So what are your opinions on someone who's coming out of college or trying to decide on what major they should take, and they have something that they think they want to do, but they're not entirely sure. Do you think it's still a worthwhile effort to go for it? Or do you think with your experience, people should take a little bit more cautious approach on how they kind of plan their career and plan the future?
2: That's a great question. I think speaking from my personal experience, I wish I would have taken the opportunity while I was in college to explore. I was so dead set on what I wanted to do and that path and graduating on time and working two jobs and still trying to have a personal life that I just stuck with that and I didn't experiment. And that's a great time to, I mean, that's what it's for is to take a bunch of different classes, realize what you like and what you don't like. And I didn't do that, I just stuck with it. And so I would encourage folks if they're in college right now or maybe they realize college is not for them and they want to go into a trade or whatever, just to do it because that is the time to do it. And I would rather they have that opportunity and I would have rather I had that opportunity in college to figure it out than spend six years in a career that was not for me.
0: It's okay to, like you said, try a whole bunch of different things. Realizing that this set path isn't necessarily the path that you have to go on, um, but just experiment. And that's been a a common theme with some, some of the past guests that we've had is just do something. Just try a whole bunch of different things while you're in college or around that age, even if you're not in college, just try different things to figure out what it is that you enjoy doing that way. Well, you don't get stuck in something that you absolutely hate. Like you said, it took you six years to get out of that. And if you try all those different things, then you're on a better path for the future.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And even still now, no matter what age you are, stay curious. I still don't know what I fully want to do. <laughs> I mean, this is really great for right now, but who knows where I'll be at in six years of my life. How do any of us know? So I think that's the biggest lesson I learned as, as a planner and as someone who focused a lot on the future and goals. It's still okay to have goals. Yes, definitely set them. I set weekly goals, yearly goals, five-year goals, but also be okay with if those aren't working out, you know, be present. Don't be so focused on your future and this is what I'm supposed to do that you miss out on everything that is going on around you right now because that's really all we, that's all we have.
1: Despite all of the kind of challenges you faced and moments where you had to really be introspective and kind of decide what path you want to take, it sounds like overall it was a great learning experience and a really exciting time and I think, well at least in my view, you seem like you've landed on your feet and are in a position that you really love now. Uh, So tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now and how you're active in the community through uh, Pikes Peak United Way.
2: So one of the great things about working for Pikes Peak United Way is that we work with over 40 partners. So I get to work with tons of nonprofits throughout the community. We also have nearly 300 business organizations who run workplace campaigns. In a sense, I still get to enjoy all the things that I loved about journalism because every day is different. I'm constantly on the move, whether it's interviewing someone we've helped a volunteer or one of the generous donors who contributes to us. It gives you a huge sense of how community minded the people of Colorado Springs and the Pikes Peak region are. Every day I'm amazed at just how there are so many people who want to help. And it's really cool that I have a job where I get paid to market helping people. So, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, we're feeding people, we're giving them shelter, we're providing services, we're helping kids graduate high school on time. It's just a broad scope of things that that drew me to journalism that I now get to do from a community-minded standpoint.
0: You've been very involved with the community. That can also be a challenge, especially with Colorado Springs. Sometimes it's difficult to kind of move the meter. So what have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced with being a leader, with um, working to get the word out about, like you said, helping people?
2: I think one of the biggest challenges, and anyone who works in a nonprofit will, I believe, agree with me, is that resource, resources are limited, funding's limited. And of course, with my job in marketing, it's not a typical marketing job where I have a big budget to market whatever it is you would be doing in a for-profit. So that's one of the biggest challenges is being able to get the word out to as many people, not only to people who are going to fund us, but to people who are going to volunteer with us, who, to people who need our help. Getting that to that wide spectrum of people, all that information out on a limited to no budget is, is a challenge. But thankfully, I have a lot of community-minded media folks in this town and just people who want to help. I mean, this town is amazing for people who just step up and say, yes, I will give you this free space. Yes, I will give you this free what insert whatever. So that's been really cool to experience that because they want to help us helping people.
0: I think that's something that's cool about Colorado Springs too is that, I mean, there's a reason that we're rated the number one most desirable place to live, <laughs> number two best place to live in the U.S.
2: I know. I want um, us it's... to stop being on all these lists so people don't find out about our secret <laughs> yeah, <for> real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good because like you are talking about, it speaks to the community that we've created here. In some ways, it can be difficult to move the meter forward, but in other ways, you get to see the generosity and the willingness of people to help, and that's something that Brent and I have both experienced. It's something that you've experienced too, so that's my soapbox about Colorado Springs.
2: We love it here, but nobody else move here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. just kidding, of course. <laughs> we'll it's... just you know
1: cut out the part where John Mark said we're number one and number two, so people shh, don't you know, <laughs> keep that on the download. Forget about that. I didn't say anything. What are some of the uh, organizations you partner with, and what's kind of your favorite oh, initiative? Oh, you can't through have you pick a favorite. <laughs> well, I guess what's something one of the many things that Pike Speak United Way does that you're really into and really char- charismatic about
2: so one of the things i'm very passionate about is our program colorado springs promise it's working to raise graduation rates in this community we have a graduation on time rate problem uh I, for example one of the schools we're working with has a 66 percent graduation rate on time i mean And so when people are looking at moving here, moving their businesses here, that's going to be something that they look at as, oh, do I want to send my kids to a school that has a on-time graduation rate this low? But part of that is obviously because of poverty, because of mobility. So really working with these kids and uh, with the school that we're starting with in District 11, Mitchell High School, has been pretty incredible. The principal there is amazing, and they are doing incredible work for kids that, I'll give you an example, they have a food pantry there now, and uh, we went and to help support it a few weeks ago. The staff there were telling us that milk and bread are luxuries for these kids. So you think about, I can walk into King Supers at any time and buy milk and bread. And so I'm constantly reminded in my job of how blessed I am because these are kids that are working jobs to support their families while they're in high school, while they're living in poverty. So to be able to go and support them in that way and hopefully move it to other schools across the community, that's been a real eye opener for me. And, uh, something I'm passionate about. I was fortunate enough to have parents and people in my life who believed in me and said, you can do this. You don't know what you don't know. So some of these kids don't know what's even possible for them. So to be able to give them dream, the ability to dream, that's something that I'm really passionate about.
0: If you can't tell that she's passionate about it, um, <laughs> it was cool because I was at a play not too long ago. And... <laughs> Not expecting to see anyone that I know there, and I just see Annie standing over by herself. And I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, one, I wasn't expecting to see you. So it's great to see you, but what are you doing here? And she had gotten free tickets for kids at Mitchell High School, and she had gone and organized
1: for those kids to get there. I mean, overall, if that's just you know one of the many things that uh, Pike Speak United Way does, then. That just sounds like a great organization to be a part of, and it sounds really rewarding to be able to wake up and get out of bed and knowing you're actually affecting people's lives like that, especially starting at a younger age where it's, it's so important to, to have that kind of opportunities and guidance and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. And we get to work with a wide variety of ages. I mean, our focus areas are education, income and health. Everything from Dolly Parton's Imagination Library, which is providing kids who can't afford books with a book a month delivered to their home to our 2-1-1 program that answers over 30,000 calls a year from people in need of health and human services, to all of our partners working together to improve the community. I mean, we cover a lot. So it, you're right. I am I'm blessed to work there and I feel, I feel great every day.
1: So a lot of people who are looking to start off on a career path or change career paths, they're wanting something more out of what they're doing just professionally. Um, and it sounds like you found that that little bit of extra something uh, was that intentional when you uh, went into your current position or was that just by chance?
2: It was honestly just by chance because I took the job not knowing a whole lot about Pikes Peak United Way. And I just took it because it was a way to get out of my current situation. And I trusted the leadership in Cindy Aubrey because because of my mentor. And I just ended up loving it, which was really cool because I thought it was going to be just a stopping place, to be honest with you. At the time I was married and I wanted to start a family. And so I so I thought I would just stop there for a little while until it was time to start a family. And then I ended up getting divorced, which was an incredibly difficult time in my life. And Pikes Peak United Way, my family there was there for me in another way. Um, it was nothing at all what I expected it to be and has turned out to be a huge blessing. I think I've said it's been a huge blessing a lot, but I really mean.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned that you went through a divorce and there's always curveballs that life throws at us. So how did you work through that difficult time in your life, staying involved with the community? And like you said, your Pikes Peak, um, United Way family helped you through that. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you work through that transition?
2: to be honest, it is not easy. I mean, you hear the statistics, obviously, at least 50% of us have gone through it, but it's something that you feel completely alone in when you're going through. And again, going back to failure and shame, it was very difficult. It was very difficult for me to admit, to even talk about for a while. But I think then once you start talking to people about it, you realize, oh, everyone has gone through something similar that they can help you through this Uh, and I think that's, that's what I'm getting around to is asking for help because I have never, it has never been easy for me to ask for help throughout my whole life. I'm very stubborn and so to be in that point where I needed to just say I need to go home and just cry or I need to go in my car and take a drive and look out for myself in that time to have leadership that was there to support me and provide guidance and advice um, along with my family and friends and support system, but to also have that because we spend so much of our time at work. So to be able to open up and have that support and know that people were there for me there during a difficult time in my life was an added bonus that you don't get at a lot of workplaces. We should. My point is All of us are going through hard times and that's kind of my mantra is like be kind because everyone you meet is finding a difficult battle that you know nothing about. And so just because you don't see it doesn't mean that someone isn't going through something. We're all going through something. Ask for help, be there, give grace to people because you just don't know.
0: So what it sounds like a lot of what helped you through that time was surrounding yourself with the right people. So both at work, you chose a work environment that was going to be good, even if you didn't realize it, Mm -hmm. what was going to happen in your personal life. Before that, you chose a work environment that you had solid people that would be willing to support you. And then also outside of that, you had your support system like you talked about, Mm -hmm. friends and family. So that helped you really stay strong through that time, come out of it. I'm sure, with a lot of lessons and growth from it.
2: I would add to that my faith as well. So I think when we go through difficult times, there is always something to be learned from that. And for me, it was that clinging to my faith. It it made it so much stronger. Yes, like you said, a good culture. I mean, just that is something so simple, but not everybody has just be kind to people in your workplace. It's so simple. Be kind to people that work for you, that you work for, and it makes it makes all the difference. And I've been on both sides of that. And so to have the environment that I'm in, someone who I would do anything for, because I know she leads with a servant's heart, that is something that I don't take for granted.
1: Thank you for sharing all of that. And I think The importance of just having those right people around you just can't be understated. Earlier, you mentioned that you kind of came onto this position through your relationship with a mentor. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit more about how you got connected with them and how you kind of developed that relationship?
2: Sure. So my mentor at the television station, just I wasn't seeking out for her to be my mentor in any way i just kind of the mentors that i've had i've just studied people that i respect and so became close with her just from working with her and respecting her work and little did i know throughout all of this that she was watching me as well and would recommend me to for this position Mentorship has played a huge role in my life. I've been so fortunate to have so many wonderful mentors who have just invested in me and believed in me and pushed me. Uh, Yeah, I can't emphasize that enough. So whether it's going about it in a way, a formal way of reaching out to someone saying, I want you to be my mentor or just picking out someone at your workplace that you really respect and tagging along with them or watching them, asking them questions as the workday goes without them even knowing that you've sought <laughs> them out as a mentor. Uh, yeah, it's it's very important. And I think it's you've got to keep learning. I'm still seeking out. I, I will always seek out mentors.
0: One thing that I've picked up on, and it's actually biblical, is you want to have three people in your life. You want to have the person that mentors you. You want to have the person... That's on your level that you can really you invent to, but you can also mm-hmm. like iron sharpens iron.
2: Mm-hmm. And you also
0: have the person that you're pouring into that used to be or that isn't a position that you used to be in or is something similar. So for you, I'm sure it comes out with the kids that you pour into at Mitchell High School.
2: Yeah. And I'm not even on the front line. So I have to give it credit to all of the direct service providers and teachers who are out there and pouring into these kids' lives, I get to come in and do the fun stuff like (laughs) computer distributions and (laughs) (laughs) school supplies and Christmas presents. I'm just really thankful for my job. But yes, I do try to pour in to kids and, you know, younger people in whatever way I can.
0: (laughs) We've kind of talked about it on past episodes that you, you want to be intentional about looking for a mentor, which is something that you talked about. Um, And there's kind of two different ways that you can go about doing that. One is just observing and asking questions. So being a little bit more, I guess you could say passive. You want to have those people that you can just observe in their everyday life and just learn from them. But then there's the other ones that you actively seek out and you say, hey, can you be my mentor? There's there's two sides of the coin. Neither is necessarily better than the other, but they both do have different perspectives, different resources they can
2: provide. And I think I would encourage folks, if you are seeking out someone specifically to mentor you and give their time to you, it's going to be someone who's obviously in a high power position and is very busy. So I would just think outside the box if you're if you want to get advice from them, they're not going to, maybe they only have time to meet you once every three months. If you're wanting that kind of a formal setting because they are so busy. So uh, really, if you are going to spend time with them, make that time valuable and make it worthwhile for them as well, because they're taking their time to invest in you, but people want to help. I mean, that's what I found in my job, obviously is if you ask for help, most of the time people are going (laughs) to say yes. (laughs) And it, If not, I think you should seek a different mentor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. It's funny because Brent and I, when we were conceptualizing this podcast, our first title
1: that we came up with was just ask Mm -hmm. because you have no idea how willing people are to, Mm -hmm. to help. Changing gears here. And this is a question that we haven't been able to ask yet. Within the community, you're definitely in a leadership position. Early in your career, you were a public figure through your journalism and uh, news work. And now you're obviously involved with a lot of nonprofits helping the community in that sense. This is my roundabout way of saying we haven't been able to connect with a lot of female leaders in the community as of yet. Share a little bit of insight on if there's any kind of challenges you have to face navigating that or if anything in particular that you think would be great for a young lady coming up through college to know?
2: So I would say, first of all, to any woman, girl listening to this, go out and buy the book Girl Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. It is an incredible book about stop believing the lies that we believe about ourselves as women, whether it's uh, we're not good enough, we're not a good mom, we're not worthy, whatever it is, so that we can become who we were meant to be. The thing that I've struggled with personally, uh, that I think a lot of women struggle with, and men as well, is that I hid my gifts. I had trouble being myself, especially when I was in broadcast news. I lowered my voice because that's what I was supposed to do. And I acted a certain way in meetings and I had my hair a certain way and dressed a certain way. And what I realized and what I'm still realizing is that I was hiding me that's what you need to give to your workplace to this community to your friends your family is yourself uh because we're all been given these wonderful gifts and if you are trying to be someone else just because that's what you think you're supposed to be you are hiding your light and From a biblical sense, it's this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I know that's the little thing we (laughs) tell our kids, but it's true. And I was hiding that. So I think just for young girls listening to this or students, just be yourself. I know that's so cheesy, but if I had just been myself from the beginning and not been afraid, then I don't, I don't think I would have stayed in a career that I didn't like for so long. I think I would have gotten out a lot sooner. Whatever I I learned this from, I read a lot of self-help books. So none of the advice I'm giving is from me. It's from stuff I've read. (laughs) So read, that's my other piece of advice. Uh, But whatever you're going to, whatever you want to do, just do it scared. Stop waiting for you to be ready for it. Um, Because You'll be waiting forever. You're never not going to be scared.
0: There's a couple of different points that you made there. So first off, be your most authentic self. And I absolutely love that because that's true for everyone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what other people say about you. You might have grown up in a family where you were told that you would never succeed, that they didn't believe in you. Be your most authentic self. Believe in yourself because you can do great things. Each and every one of us is called to live outside of your comfort zone and Mm -hmm. be authentic and not be mediocre. So I love that. The other nugget of truth that you had in there was do stuff scared. So take the risk and have fun. Don't be afraid to do it. When I was running my house painting business, I was 18 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. I was basically just thrown out into the cold saying, go knock on doors to generate painting leads. But what I found is that after you break one barrier and then the next, there's always going to be another one, but it gets a little bit easier with time. I think part of growing up is realizing that you have no idea what you're doing half the time. Right. You're always going to be scared, there's always going to be those moments of I don't want to do this, but once you break through those barriers, it does get easier.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. And that's what I was going to say too is there are times there are going to be multiple times in your career where you have no idea what you're doing. And sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it.
0: Yep. That's something I figured out, is that pretty much all of adult life is fake it until you make it. You'll figure it out eventually.
1: And I think you just generally get comfortable with that idea. Initially, it sounds scary to, to fake it till you make it. And then slowly, as you start getting older, year after year, you realize, wow, people who are in their 40s and 50s, they're probably just like still kind of figuring out as they go too and I think for a younger person at least for me that's that's pretty comforting to know that no one really knows what they're doing out there and it's just just try your best at whatever you're doing and do something you're passionate about and hopefully more than likely it'll work out for you.
0: I think it goes hand in hand with stretching yourself and growing, that if you get to a place where you're comfortable, then you should probably start rethinking where you're at, making a plan to move forward.
2: And there's a quote, actually, that I love that I just got from Rachel Hollis, who I mentioned about the book Girl, Wash Your Face, that says, a ship is safe at harbor, but that's not what ships were built for. And so that's kind of what I've been trying to do lately.
1: So that really speaks to just living life to the fullest and getting out of your comfort zone. And in the beginning, we kind of skipped on the idea of what you do outside of your profession. We're just a little bit too excited (laughs) to jump into all of the things you're active in in your community, but uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what you like to do outside of your work time.
2: Well, I'm honestly kind of boring, but I love all of the typical Colorado things. I uh, love hiking and yoga is a huge part of my life skiing has been a very big part of my life. I did break my leg this year. So that has been challenging. And it is hard knowing that ski season is coming up and I'm not (laughs) going to get to enjoy all the fun. But yeah, I just, uh, and then I love hanging out with friends. I'm big into just going all out to eat and having a very long dinner with appetizers and desserts or cooking together. I I really love cooking. I spend most Sundays cooking my meals for the week. So really uh, just low key things. And like I said before, I love to read. I love reading nonfiction books. So I, I try to read as much as possible. And then, of course, the Netflix binge. Right now I'm finishing up making a murderer. So I'll let you know my thoughts off the record after this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Speaking of Netflix, I just finished uh, binge-watching the newest season of House of Cards, and every time you say now off the record, it makes me think of House of Cards now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so even though you consider those fairly low-key, I think everyone thinks you're some sort of, you know, extreme adrenaline junkie now breaking your leg and skin. <laughs> but it, it's so important to have those things to do outside of work to kind of just recharge your batteries and, and get that energy back. So we're going to transition now into our bullet questions. And the first one that we like to go with is recommend one resource that is helpful to you in your everyday life.
2: I would say keeping a gratitude journal. And that could look like writing down one thing a day, three things a day. But I try to start off every day uh, with something that I'm thankful for and then looking through things throughout the day that I'm thankful for that I can write down at the end of the day. That's something I've been practicing for a long time. It's something that the book I mentioned before, Girl, Wash Your Face, that she talks about is just spending your day hunting for blessings because they are all around us. And it really changes your outlook on life. It has helped me through difficult times It's helped me through times of depression and anxiety to just know that there is always something to be thankful for. And if you looked at my notes, you would see coffee a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's something that I would highly recommend anyone doing.
1: What is a book that you'd recommend? I know you mentioned Girl, Wash Your Face a few times now. So if you you want to stick with that, give kind of your overall um, favorite idea of the book.
2: Yeah, I will stick with that one as my favorite right now. But like I said, I read a lot and I would just recommend... I went through a phase where I read a lot of Dave Ramsey personal finance books and he recommends reading one nonfiction book a month, which is really not that hard to do, especially now with Audible. I mean, you can do that on your walks. So I would highly recommend just uh, reading as much as you can. Well, Annie, it has
0: been such a pleasure to have you on this episode of Attitude Check, the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experiences. And to close out, uh, share one parting piece of guidance, the best way to connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
2: One parting piece of guidance would be to practice contentment wherever you're at, because in today's society, it is so easy to get Uh, focused on what everybody else has and what you don't have because it's right, it's on our phones, right? 24-7. If you are constantly waiting for that next job, for that boyfriend, for that new car, then you're not going to be content when you get that next thing. So practice contentment with where you're at right now. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm on Facebook, Annie Sneed. You can friend me. I use it a lot for work. So if you don't like good news from the nonprofit world, then <laughs> don't friend me. But yeah, again, Annie Sneed, and I'd be happy to connect with you.
0: Thank you again for being on the podcast.
1: This is John Mark, and this is Brent signing off. Thank you again for listening in on this episode of Attitude Check, the business leadership podcast. We had such a great time talking with Annie today. I really resonated when she told us that quote about do things scared and stop waiting for the right moment to jump in. There's so many different pieces of wisdom that she dropped today that people can take value from. Annie does a lot of great work with Pikes Peak United Way and it's such a great organization within the community that Builds and supports people of different backgrounds. So if you have the chance and if you're in the area, I highly recommend you taking a look at their website and seeing how you can volunteer or support them in their various causes. Be sure to check out their upcoming events such as the holiday gift drive and the rat party held at the Sky Sox Stadium. Be sure to like our Facebook page to stay up to date on all things Attitude
0: Check and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast hosting platform. Check back every first and third Tuesday of the month for a new episode of Attitude Check, the business leadership podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we look forward to having you back next time.